Hey everybody and welcome back to Ty's Tech Line. I'm your host, Tyler Harrington, and thank you so much for being here. The podcast is just over a month old now and the response from everybody has been really, really encouraging. So I just want to say thank you so much to everybody out there who's been listening for all the feedback you guys have been giving. It's just been really awesome to see how well this podcast has been received and I honestly have had so much fun making it. I never really knew what to expect with this journey and as I've kind of said from the beginning, this podcast is is constantly evolving and the entire process is something that's very new to me, but it has been super enjoyable and I've loved every minute of it. And I think part of the reason I really love doing this podcast is because I get to sit down with some amazing people and just have some really intentional conversations, which sadly is something that we don't get to do enough in our society that we live in today. We live in this such a fast-paced society and everything is just short text messages and short exchanges that I feel like sitting down and having a long, hour-long, intentional conversation with somebody just doesn't really happen as often as it probably should. So I've been loving it. I hope you guys have been loving it too. And again, I'm just so thankful for you listening and for the response. So with all that being said, let's jump into our episode for today. And it's actually kind of ironic, speaking of social media and in this little uh, social media world that we live in, today on the podcast, we have Hope Taylor, who if you don't know who she is, she is an amazing photographer, an amazing businesswoman, and she is so, so young. She started her business when she was just 16, which to me is just sort of mind-blowing and incredible. Um, But we've known Hope for a long time, and she is so good at what she does. Don't let her her age fool you. She knows what she's doing and she is so, so good at social media. She has been in control, I think, of her social media presence for as long as I've ever known her. And I think she does a really great job of maintaining a very professional look online and having this very high level of professionalism, while at the same time being very, very personal and very intentional with her social media. So in today's chat with Hope, we talk about a wide number of things. We talk about what it was like to start her business in high school, her decision not to go to college and sort of what's sparked that, just our sort of thoughts on college in general. And we talk a ton about social media, how she uses it strategically, and how she's able to be a real life 21-year-old person and maintain herself and maintain the real Hope Taylor, while at the same time keeping this very professional online profile and how she sort of threads that line and how she does that so, so well. So this is a really great conversation with Hope. If you are anybody who uses social media in any sort of a professional way, you're going to get a lot of great information out of this. Hope is very, very good at what she does. So I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy this great conversation with my friend, Hope Taylor. All right. So everybody, welcome back. We are sitting here today with Hope Taylor. Hey, Hope, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for taking some time to do this. Hope and I are actually in the process of filming a course for her and we have a little bit of downtime today. So I thought it'd be fun to have her on the podcast and ask her some questions. So Hope, for people out there who may not know who you are, there's probably very few people, but oh for those people out there who don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of background on who you are, what you do, and kind of what you're all about? Yeah, so my name is Hope Taylor, and I am a wedding and senior portrait photographer now, um, but I started my business when I was 16. So I began shooting when I was a junior in high school, and I started between you know classes and cheer practice and all of those things, and I decided to quit my part-time job in the summer after my junior year and go full-time my senior year. So I actually left class every day at 10 a.m. and 
pursued my business that entire year. So when college applications rolled around, I was committed to a university for business and actually revoked that admission a month before I was supposed to go and decided to go full time with my business entirely and not go to college at all. And that was four years ago. So that is kind of the major part of my story that most people are interested in knowing. Um, And now I am on top of being a photographer, I get to teach and speak and film courses and all of those fun things. So that's my favorite part. Yes, I love it. And Hope has such an awesome, awesome journey. And she's obviously, she's so young, but she's learned so much along the way. So I kind of want to, that's why I talked, I wanted to have Hope on the podcast. So she has a lot of really interesting insights into a lot of this. Because I thought that I started my business pretty young, but I started my business when I was about your age now, when I was in college. So the fact that you started doing this when you were in high school. But I think a lot of people talk to you about like starting a business and running a business and what that was kind of like. But I actually want to talk to you about a couple other things. So from like a social aspect, like what was it like running? running a business and being a high school student because were you when you're in high school were you shooting mostly seniors was that kind of what you're specializing in yes 100 yeah. so I didn't start shooting weddings until I had graduated and so okay. through high school I was only shooting my peers basically like high school seniors gotcha so what was that like like what was it like running because I remember hearing about you on the internet I don't even know exactly <laughs> how when you were probably like 16 or 17 like you mm-hmm. started kind of like coming up you went to caitlin's caitlin james workshop right mm-hmm. and i think i heard about that and like yeah this girl hope came like her mom dropped her off and like all this stuff right which is <laughs> yeah. awesome which is super and your mom took you out of school for that right yep mm-hmm. yeah Skipped so lots of class right which is um, which is amazing um but you kind of knew what you wanted to do from such a young age but as far as like your peers and stuff like that go how was everyone sort of reacting to you running this i mean already sort of successful business at such a young age Yeah, it it was tough. So um, I talk a lot about the kind of hardships of that season of life because I was a, like I said, a junior and a senior and I went to public high school. So I went to a high school that was not in a rough area, but it wasn't the, I didn't get along with some of the kids in my high school. And um, so when I started taking a different path and kind of pursuing something more than, you know, just hanging out on the weekends and playing sports. Um, People, it was kind of a, who does this girl think she is type of consensus (laughs) across the school. Um, And there were a lot of people that were not a fan of me and not not a fan of what I was doing because they thought that I took myself too seriously or that I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And it was really rough. I got a lot of backlash from people. I got a lot of teachers that weren't necessarily questioning what I was doing, but didn't really understand. Um, so there was a lot going on behind the scenes of that. Yeah, because that's the interesting thing, Hope, is I feel like from the first time I've ever seen you on the internet, you've had a very curated image. And I think the first time I ever saw a photo of you, I thought for sure you were probably like 25, like just based <laughs> off the photo that you had. Do you remember you were like holding your camera? I think you're in like Las Vegas and you're wearing like a red <laughs> shirt or a red dress. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I was totally in downtown Fredericksburg, though, not Las Vegas. So that's I don't amazing. Know. For some reason, I don't know why someone told me like, oh, that was at WPPI. Someone took those pictures of her. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't know why I thought that. cool <laughs> but like yeah so you've like as long as i've ever known you you've had this very curated image like you've been very intentional with your with the way that you're perceived online and i, I know that had to have even started when you're in high school was that something that you're consciously doing because i know like most high school kids i feel like are just posting kind of whatever they want on instagram and on whatever so when did you make that conscious decision okay if i want to take myself seriously as someone who's running a business i need to present myself seriously online yeah so it started for me when i realized that there were so many photographers in my area doing similar things and i knew that i needed to somehow set myself apart and i also knew that i 
as a 16 or 17 year old. I had to do a lot to gain people's trust and kind of prove my professionalism because I didn't want people thinking of me as a 16 year old photographer. I wanted people thinking of me as just a photographer. And so I knew that I had to cut back on just posting whatever I wanted and um, just not curating a feed because I knew that that was not going to portray the image that I wanted people to view me as. Um, But funny side story on that because I went to Caitlyn James workshop and I had already started the process of like curating my feed and being viewed as professional and I was really working hard on that but I was so hard-headed and did not want to change my Instagram name and at the time my Instagram name was hope so dope um, because that's what everyone called me in high school Um, it was just a nickname with all my friends and so I like refused to change the name I was like I'm gonna be a professional with my hope so dope name and so I was at Caitlin's workshop and then we were doing a giveaway and I won and Michael was like who is hope so dope (laughs) and I was so embarrassed and immediately went home and changed it to Hope Taylor Photography that night, like literally before the second day of the workshop. So I've been Hope Taylor Photography ever since. Shout out to Michael for that one. That's so funny. They actually convinced me to change my Instagram name too. When we moved here, I had, because my whole, I mean, I had TMH23 was like my tag on everything, like my gamer tag on like Xbox. (laughs) It was like my Twitter. Like I was so proud that I'd gotten TMH23 on everything and whatever. So I had teammates 23 as my Instagram handle. And I didn't want to give it up because I knew as soon as I gave it up, someone was probably going to take it. So they were like, you have to change it. You have to change it. And I fought it for so long, but eventually yeah, I someone, was like, okay, fine. Someone took hope. But I wasn't 16. Too. I was like 25 <laughs> and I was still unwilling to do that. When it comes to like social media and stuff, I think what's so cool about you and your story is that you are in a different generation that makes me sound so old. Like your generation, like you grew up with social media and Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a very good sense of social media because it started as like just you and your peers and it's something that you kind of, I mean, grew up with. Do you remember how old were you when you got Instagram for the first time? Oh, um, so my mom would never let me have Facebook and like or social media at all. So I think I got it pretty late in the game compared to friends. I would probably say like 14 or 15. I Which like- is still like pretty crazy early because I yes. got Instagram the day it came out. I remember signing up for it and being like, what is this thing? This is dumb. All you can do is post pictures. Like, I don't <laughs> get it. This is dumb. Yeah. Yes. And I was probably... 19 or 20 so that okay. probably makes sense yeah, yeah you're probably so somewhere maybe in that range yeah. yeah but so for you I feel like that's been a really big advantage to you when you're running your business and that you have a very innate sense of not only your own social media usage and just how to use social media but also the way that other people do and people in your bride so and because you're a sen- primarily senior photographer up until now now you're transitioning more into weddings but the target you're trying to reach social media was huge for them so I know that you talk a lot about in your course and things like that, using social media very specifically, different social media platforms very specifically. Can you just talk through a little bit about that process that you use and just sort of your overall thought process when you're thinking about social media and how you think about each of them differently? Yeah. Um, so I, first of all, I market very personally on all my social media outlets, which I feel like is important to mention because I don't just market myself as a photographer who takes pretty photos. I market myself as a person. So I want people to fall in love with Hope Taylor before they fall in love with HTP's images. And so I market that way across all of my platforms. Platforms. Um, but I specifically in the course, I talk about marketing to seniors and then marketing to their parents because the seniors are the ones that are going to fall in love with you. And then the parents are the ones that are going to have to pay for you. So you need to market strategically to both of those audiences in two different places. So I know that my seniors parents are hanging out primarily on Facebook and they're looking at my website to find my prices and to book me. But my seniors are hanging out on Instagram and on my blog because that's where they're seeing my images and they're talking about me and they're following me. 
So I know that when I'm marketing, I need to market specifically to the correct audience depending on the platform. And I know too that, well, I guess I don't know, but when I'm posting, I put myself in the position or I try to just put myself in the place of whoever I'm marketing to. So if I'm posting something directed towards seniors and I want all of my seniors to see it, um, I'm thinking about, okay, well, if it's a weekend and it's a Saturday night past 5 p.m., they're out with their friends. Nobody is on social media. And if it's a Monday at noon, they are in class and they can't see my post. But if it's a Monday at 9 p.m., they're probably procrastinating on their homework and watching Netflix and scrolling through Instagram. So that's when I want to target them because I know that if I was a senior, that's what I would be doing. So I kind of put myself in their mind and essentially I try to think about what they would doing, what they would be doing and where they would be when I'm posting on social media to be sure that I'm posting at prime times and targeting the right audience when I'm sharing. Yeah, I think that's super smart. So, okay. So tell me, what is the sort of status of like, is Facebook dead for (laughs) high school students? Like do any high school students use Facebook at all? So I definitely don't think high school students use Facebook like we used to. They don't scroll through and just like kind of look at their feeds but I think that they do check in to like see things with family or to they'll check notifications so like I have my girls in a Facebook group and I post there for updates and they acknowledge them and respond to them but they would not see that if they didn't get the notification that it was posted if that mm-hmm. makes sense but I know that their parents are the ones that are scrolling through which is why I market to parents there and I'm tagging parents there and I'm trying to interact with parents there right and that's super smart and then for weddings it's probably completely different right mm-hmm. you probably target a lot on Instagram and Facebook for your wedding clients who are normally probably a little bit older. Yes, definitely. So when I'm posting at totally different times, I'm using different verbiage, I'm definitely targeting them in completely different ways than I would my seniors. That's smart. How do you, so how do you balance that? Because I know you are phasing out of seniors, but for the last couple of years, you've been doing a pretty even split of senior work and wedding work. So how do you sort of balance that in your mind and just in your feed as far as, you know, weddings and seniors and keeping all those different things straight. Yeah, totally. So 50% of my social media feed when it comes to Instagram specifically, I try to keep 50% of that personal content. So things related to me, things related to traveling, my family, things that maybe don't even relate to photography. Um, And then the other half, the other 50% is split in two. So then that's 25% weddings, 25% seniors. And I kind of let the booking season or the time of year decide which one is going to be shared about more heavily. So during the winter and the start of a new year, obviously engage are at prime time and I want to post more about brides and booking season for weddings but in the summertime seniors are going to start their senior year so seniors are graduating juniors are moving up and I know that that's when they're going to start booking their senior portraits so I'm going to post a little heavier about seniors during that time frame because brides really aren't booking during the summertime so I kind of let the booking season decide because again I want to put myself in the mind of who I'm marketing to and I know that seniors are looking in the summer for their senior portrait photographer and brides are looking for their wedding photographer in the winter and start of a new year. It seems like they actually kind of complement each other, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of like the off season for one is the booking season for the other. Totally. That works. That's, that's nice. Do you have any social media platforms that you use that are just for fun? Like do you use Snapchat as like a fun outlet or, okay. So this has also like been in the news recently. Kylie Jenner apparently tweeted recently that yes. like, she's like over Snapchat and like Snapchat is dead and their yes. stock like dropped off the it was like something something millions of dollars like it was crazy i saw that so Um, if hope taylor were to tweet about (laughs) uh snapchat what was your sort of like take on snapchat these days um well first of all i'd probably only drop like a dollar in value because nobody (laughs) would care um but i i don't use snapchat often i mean i use it to snapchat my friends back and forth but i don't really use stories Mm, so Um, no like public facing yeah no like public anything i'm just kind of talking to my friends there twitter i guess i use a little less professionally because i'm not really marketing there Mm -hmm. um i'm just kind of tweeting about the bachelor and you know stranger things and whatever else I'm watching or doing um but I definitely don't use it often enough for it to really be like a fun platform I'm using regularly but Twitter I guess would be my fun one 
from like a strategic and like effectiveness and sort of like ROI standpoint, ROI mostly like on your time, how yeah. would you rank the social media as like the most valuable, the most yeah. important, all the way down to kind of like least valuable, like you don't even really need it? Yeah. So totally Instagram number one. Um, that's always been a huge driving factor in my business and a huge driving place for my marketing. Um, I would say Facebook and Pinterest right now are probably tied mm. a second. Um, Pinterest I know is on the rise because Instagram is kind of on the decline as far as small business goes because of their algorithm changes. Um, so I've had some increase from Pinterest and it's really been picking up there. Um, and then I would say Twitter is probably Twitter and Snapchat in my opinion right now are kind of tied for last. Yeah. Um, I think that Snapchat just got super irrelevant in the business world and now is becoming irrelevant in general because they refuse to undo the update that they just did. Right, yeah, and yeah. then Twitter, I've never felt like was super important when it comes to marketing. Yeah. Twitter is tough for marketing because it goes so fast. Yeah. It's good for news. It's good for getting information, but as far as yeah, like as a business, it's mm-hmm. really hard to be strategic in targeting people and stuff like that. That's interesting, yeah. With so, with, but with Pinterest, there's not really much of a social aspect, Mm-mm. right? It's more like an SEO booster kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah, and I feel like it's more um, helpful to me in the education realm and mm-hmm. in the wedding realm, like seniors. I wouldn't really use Pinterest for. That's probably a good point, yeah. Yeah, but when it comes to like my educational content and my bridal content, kind of bridal inspiration and wedding inspiration, um, it's definitely useful there. It's so interesting how quickly it all changes yeah. um, and how Instagram, yeah, has completely, I mean, they, they're playing the game the right way, but it's one of the things you see it slowly starting to slip, kind of like yeah. Facebook, you know, for a long time, Facebook was it. And then it's hard because, I mean, they obviously want to make money, but now, I mean, how when you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, are you seeing ads now? Like I am oh, like every yes. five every five images pretty much. Yes. Yeah. And I, cause it used to just be ads of people that I was following or people that I would actually be interested in. Mm-hmm. But now they're putting in posts of people that I just don't even follow that they like maybe think I could be interested in, but I'm not. And so yeah. it looks like it's a normal post in my feed, but it's somebody that I don't even follow. Um, and it's not even a sponsored ad. It's been so strange. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but I also pay for ads, so I shouldn't be complaining. Too well, that's, so that's <laughs> going to ask next. So wh- how have you found paying for ads on like Facebook. Do you, so you pay for ads on Facebook, I'm assuming, and Instagram. How is how has that sort of process been? Yeah, so I definitely have been paying for ads more on Instagram than on Facebook because that's just my mm. biggest platform because when I was shooting primarily seniors this first two years of my business, building my Facebook page wasn't a huge priority because again, the seniors aren't there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not my biggest platform. It's about a fourth of the size of my Instagram platform. Oh, wow. yeah. um, and so I do post there. I do occasional ads there for things like webinars, mostly educational education things. Um, but on Instagram, I've done a few boosted posts and I've gotten really good responses to those. Um, I really like the simplicity of the back end of Instagram ads too. It makes it much easier than like all the Facebook ads. Yeah. Facebook ads are so confusing and and they change them like every couple weeks. And it's like, as soon as you figure it out, then they completely change the entire, not only the like algorithm, but also just like the entire process of making an ad, like the whole thing gets very, it's very, very confusing. Yeah, well, I feel like you're spending way more on Facebook too. Like on Instagram, I can just get, I feel like I'm getting way more reach for my my money, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to Well, it also that. helps that you said your reach is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that that helps algorithmically. But yeah, it's very interesting how the whole thing has completely shifted and changed. Totally. Um, one thing that we talked about um, that when we filmed your course with the live audience, some of the questions I thought were really in- interesting. We're talking about our Instagram posts and the importance of like likes versus comments and sort of this, we kind of get sucked into this trap, I feel like as creators and as business people, like, oh, we need to have X amount of likes, we need X amount of whatever. But at the end of the day, like you also want to be genuine and you want to be building a feed and you don't want to just be posting for likes. So what is your, how do you sort of think about that and how do you sort of approach that in that balance between like, obviously you want to have good engagement, but you also want to have strategic content, even if that strategic content may not be as 
popular? Like, how do you sort of think about that? Yeah, so I am okay with my strategic content not being as popular because I know that it is reaching, or my hope is that it's reaching the people that I want it to reach. And so if it only gets 200 likes or, you know, 300 likes, I'm hoping that those likes are from the people that I wanted it to target. So that would be relevant to like a wedding-related post or a senior-related post where only a small audience is interested in it. Um, I'm hoping that that is reaching a specific amount of people. So if it's a lower amount of interaction, I'm okay with it. Um, When it comes to my personal post and posting things that are either, you know, inspirational or encouraging or just personal, I, those things always get more traction because they relate to everybody across the board. And I feel like that is where I personally will prioritize content because I love to be able to connect with people and create genuine connection and emotion on social media um, versus just posting constant strategic content that doesn't actually create a human connection. So I will post about myself. I'll post about maybe a struggle I went through or something that I'm currently going through, um, encouragement and inspiration for other business owners. And those things relate to everybody across the board, whether you're a photographer, a bride, a senior, you're not a business owner at all. Um, All of those things can relate to the type of personal content that I share. So those are the posts that I prioritize and the posts that gets the most interaction. So I pay attention to that and I'm strategic about that so that when I'm posting something that's personal, maybe there's something mixed in that's also intentional when it comes to marketing. Um, But the priority of it is just to create genuine connection, not to market or be businessy, I guess. Yeah, those are really those are really great points. And I think what we just talked about is crazy is that it's changing so fast. And the only reason I think you even or have a good pulse on this is because you're just posting a lot and just being paying attention mm-hmm. to what's going on, which actually leads me to something else I want to talk to you about. Cause obviously like in, just in this discussion, you're kind of just like talking off the top of your head. You have yeah. obviously have a lot of knowledge about these different social platforms and how to use them strategically, but you don't have a degree in marketing. You don't have any sort of thing like that. And I know you're going to go to school for that. Um, but you don't, and like we just said, everything is changing so fast and so quickly that college campuses and like college courses just can't even keep up. So I want to talk a little bit about your decision not to go to college, which you had, how close were you to actually going? Like, did you go to any actual classes or no? Cause I know you were signed up and you were like ready to go. Yeah. So I, it was the end of June when I made the decision not to go and I was supposed to be leaving at the beginning of August. Okay. And so I had a roommate, I had, you know, my classes registered for, I had met professors, I'd gone to orientation, but I didn't actually go to any of the classes. Okay, yeah. Um, that's still, I mean, that's like pretty far along in the commitment oh, spectrum. Yeah. We had of already like, paid money that we didn't get back and all of that. Oh, good wow, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I revoked my admission, but my dad actually, was not a fan of me going full-time right out the gate. He wanted to see me actually be working full-time and not be like, not that I was doing this, but his mind was like, she's going to be sleeping until noon. And like being a photographer is not, you know, 40 hours a week work of work. And so he had me go to a semester of community college. So I did do one semester of community okay, college here right. um, while I built my business. And then I booked enough weddings for him to be like, okay, you can take a break. And then it's been a four year break. <laughs> so how, how have you felt about that in retrospect? So first of all, I guess what led you to that decision? Because you were obviously, you were very far along the process mm-hmm. of going. What yeah. sort of sparked your like, triggered you to say like, actually, you know what, like this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, for me, it was very much like a spiritual and a heart thing because I was like dead set that I did not want to stay here in Fredericksburg. My mom through the whole entire college application process was like, hope you're welcome to stay here. Like, I want you to know that if you decide to go to community college, we're not going to be disappointed. Like we would love to have you stay here. She just always wanted to leave that open, but we'd actually fight about it because I would be like, mom, stop trying to get me to stay home. Like I don't want to stay home and I want to go to school. And so it was actually a source of conflict because I was so just dead set on leaving. And so when I 
started to have a change of heart, it was very strange because it was the exact opposite of what I had been saying the entire year leading up to the decision. So it started when I went to the Bayside workshop, which was Natalie, Frank, and Krista Jones. They hosted that mm-hmm. workshop. Um, and Caroline Logan was an attendee. Or no, she wasn't. She was a volunteer. She was there to help. Yeah. Um, and she it was the other photographer. It was a year older than me. She had just made the same decision. And she was just totally killing it. She was like my Beyonce. I was yeah. obsessed with her. And <laughs> She's so, everybody's Beyonce, I think. Yes. And so she was there. And I went and gave her a huge hug and like drilled her with questions. She was right. probably like rolling her eyes in the back of her head because I just no. wouldn't stop asking her questions. And um, she told me, she said, wherever you go, be all there. She said that Mary Morantz actually gave her that advice and that's what made her decide to stay. So I went to that workshop and she told me that and I just kind of pondered on that for a couple of months. And then I literally woke up one morning and I was like crying and my mom was like, are you okay? Like, why are you, like literally nothing had happened. I just woke up and I was like, I don't think I want to go to school. And she was like, okay. And I was like, really? And everybody was fine with it. And I just expected there to be so much backlash. Um, and I expected myself to regret the decision. I thought I would look back and be like, what in the world were you doing? But I just had this confidence and peace that I think can only come from, in my opinion, just like a spiritual, um, God just telling me that that was not the right decision. And so um, it was definitely a piece that surpassed understanding because everybody in my life was like, are you okay? Like, or do you regret it? And they were constantly asking me about it. And um, I just kind of never looked back and I don't really have an explanation for why I was able to do that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, you have so much knowledge of all these different things as far as running a business. You didn't really need college for that necessarily. But yeah. do you ever feel like you missed out on like the social aspect of college and like the yeah. All that sort of stuff. Because that's, what, I mean, honestly, when I think about my college experience, that's my favorite part. Like, that's what I think about. The education was like, whatever. Yeah, I'm, obviously, I learned stuff. But like, <laughs> I'm more like fond of the like fun and hanging out and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel like you totally. missed out on any of that? Yeah. So I've definitely had seasons of that is the only thing that I've ever looked back on and been like, wow, I missed out on that. Um, that's the only part of it that I've ever not regretted, but questioned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely been seasons where that was tough because, you know, all my friends would be gone at school that are my age because they don't live here anymore. And I'd be like, wow, they're like, okay, they're like, look, they're having so much fun at this sorority party or like they're having so much fun at this football game. Like, I don't know what that's like. Um, but then I started to attend conferences within the industry and I started to really network in a just more personal way and meeting a ton of people through the industry and like conferences and like late night meet and greets kind of became like my sororities and like mm. all, all the people that I met through the industry, it kind of became my college experience in every way, which is why this is the kind of off topic, but I invested in so much education my first year and a half. Um, I went to like crazy amounts of conferences and workshops. I think I went to like 12 workshops or something. Wow. Um, <laughs> that is a lot. It's, yeah, I it was crazy because I wanted to take the money that I would have spent on an education and invest it into an education in another place. Yeah. And so um, my mom would like gift me seats to a workshop for Christmas and then I would obviously buy seats to workshops as well. And it kind of replaced my education in more than just one way. Do, do you feel like, I mean, I feel like that's a better way of spending your money. What, okay, tell me like, what are your honest thoughts right now on like college and the college yeah. system in America? Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there like Gary Vee specifically and like Casey Neistat who actually talk a lot about don't just go to college based out of default, which is I feel like what a lot of people, that's what I did. You know, I never, I never even thought about it. I, it was never a question in my mind. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to call, go to college. What am I going to study? It was maybe like a question to kind of ponder and yeah. have the discussion, but it was never even a thought that crossed my mind of like, I'm not going to go to college. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm getting pretty old. So when I went to college, it was a long time ago and not really, oh my but gosh, stop. what are your thoughts on that? And what are your, what are you seeing as a change, not only in yourself, but in maybe your peers and yeah. people who are your senior girls that you're talking to? Like, what are all, do they still have 
the same thoughts on college or are they kind of shifting that mindset too? Yeah, no, this is such an interesting topic because I had the same mindset when I was committed to Radford. I literally was like, I can never see my life without going to college. And that's just what everybody did. That was never a question in my mind. Like, this is just what you do. And I am never one to discourage the idea of college because I don't think that everybody, I think that there's a lot of people who it makes sense to go to college and it's really valuable to them and to get that type of education is something that they need um, and there's so much value in it. But I completely agree with the fact that it should not be default. I think that it's okay to question whether or not that's your path. I think it's okay to take a break to figure out if that's your path before you commit to a school. I think that um, the traditional like you have to graduate high school and immediately go to college or you're doing something wrong or you're failing or you should receive backlash for that. I completely disagree with all of those thought processes. But I do think that um, a lot of people my age would come to me and ask me this question. And I think that if you don't know what you're want, you want to do, if you're very lost on just the idea of where you what you want to pursue and where you want to go, I do think there's value in going to college because that's a really awesome environment to explore your options um, and gain the education and gain all of those, you know, amazing experiences and memories there um, and then come out with a more specific path of where you want to go I think that if you know what you want to pursue and you're passionate about something that's where the question of whether or not you need school is most relevant because for me obviously I didn't need a college education to be a professional photographer that's not a thing like having a degree in order to be considered professional is just not a thing in our industry Um, so that's not something that I would have ever needed an actual degree for so I think it depends on what you want to do whether you know what you want to do in general um, but I don't ever think that it should be default or required or frowned upon if you don't decide to go yeah and i think the good thing is that that stigma does seem to be changing yes because i think that that happens to a lot of people they go to college because that's what they're supposed to do they get there they're paying a ton of money to figure it out and then they either it takes them a couple years to figure it out and by that point you're so far into the system that you either have to pay a ton more money to take more classes and just get the major you want or you just decide just to suck it up and graduate with whatever major you started with because you're so far invested in classes and whatever down a certain path. And then you end up graduating with a ton of debt, a degree that you don't really have any interest in. And now you're four years down the road with no money. And now you feel really stuck, you know, and yeah. I think that's the thing that is the hardest for a lot of people is feeling stuck and getting mm-hmm. into this mindset of being like, okay, there's nothing like I don't have a choice. I don't have a, yeah. there's nothing I can do. And I think that taking a gap year, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing is one of the probably best things that you could ever do. Yeah. And I'm just somebody that's really passionate about the hustle too. Like I think that in our industry, there's a lot of talk of like um, balance and taking breaks. And um, those are all amazing things and we should all strive for those things. But I think that I love the idea of the hustle. And I think that as long as after you graduate high school, as long as you're doing something, you're doing something to move forward, you're doing something that you're excited about, you're doing something that you enjoy. I think that that's all that matters. But I think that um, even in that gap, you're doing something that will help you kind of move in a direction of what you want to do or help you find what you want to do. I think that there's so much value in that um, and that it's important to mention that there is always like room for hustle and room for growth even during a gap year and even like if you don't go to school, um, like making sure that you're still pursuing something in some way is the most important part in my opinion. Yeah, Casey Neistat always says that the easiest way to find out what you love is to do something that you hate 40 hours a week. So he always talks about how he scrubbed dishes in a seafood restaurant for Mm you know, 40, 50 hours a week for a couple of years yeah. and just dreamed of being able to go out and film and do whatever. So totally. I think, yeah, taking a gap year to like sit on your couch and play Xbox exactly. is probably not a great <laughs> exactly. use of your gap year. Yes. But like going out and like 
even just working at like Chick-fil-A and traveling and doing mm-hmm. whatever and just trying to figure that out. So much value in that. It's so much value in that. And another thing I think that's interesting is the rise of the entrepreneur. Like I think that being an entrepreneur these days has become cool. Like it's yeah. this thing that people want to strive for. And I think that what used to be like the corner office, you know, was always kind of like the dream job and everyone wanted to you know, make all this money. But then ended up being miserable doing this thing that's making them a ton of money. Again, I've been listening to a lot of, we talked about this a couple of days ago. Like Gary V is like a big thing. And he's talking about, you know, I'd rather make 80 grand a year doing something I love than 150 grand a year doing something that I hate. Yeah. Do you kind of buy into that mindset? I mean, what is your sort of, do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Yeah. So I definitely think that the, you know, entrepreneurship is cool kind of vibe is really growing and increasing. And I love that. And I think it's amazing. The only downside that I have seen of that is people who think that that's the easy route and they see a lot of people doing it and they get really excited about it and they want to start their own business, but they just don't realize how much work actually goes into that. And they're not prepared to actually do the hustling amount of work that it takes to grow and to actually make that happen for themselves. Because I think that the stigma of it being cool is amongst I guess amongst my generation and amongst young people um, that I saw like when I was in high school and when I was going through graduation and things like that is that it's cool and it also looks easy so I'm gonna do this and it's um, kind of this there's like two stigmas there's like the cool stigma and there's like oh that like that looks like it might be an easy way to make money stigma and I just disagree with it. It looks easy to make money stigma because I disagree with people starting it because it looks like an easy way to make money, which I don't think is relevant except for maybe in my generation of people that saw other young people doing it and then wanted to start doing it because it looked easy. Um, So obviously I just, I'm passionate about the hustle and I think that you have to know how much hard work goes into something before you commit to doing it and you should never do it because it looks like the easy way out. Yeah, I think it is deceiving because you see these people who blow up and they're like, oh, like it just happened for them overnight. You know, they were just living their life and then all of a sudden they just like blew up when in reality (laughs) yeah when in reality they were working at it for years and years and years and Mm -hmm. years and even Gary Vee talks about that I mean he seems like oh he just blew up one day and now he's like this multi-millionaire but he hustled for over I I can't even imagine 10 years ago I was in high school Mm -hmm. right and he worked for 10 years at his like parents liquor store and making youtube videos and doing all sorts of stuff before anything ever happens he was like yeah. 36 before anything blew up hope you're how old are you 22 21 21 okay so 36 <laughs> is 15 years yeah in the future what do you where do you see hope taylor in oh. 15 years what is your sort of like long-term plan because that's i think that a problem a lot of people have with this like entrepreneurship thing is like they can see the hustle and they can grind it out for two years, three years, five years. But when you totally. ask somebody, okay, 15 years from now, what are you going to yeah. be doing? That's where I even personally, I'm like, gosh, I don't, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think? How do you see yourself evolving and being able to kind of maintain this lifestyle and this hustle over like, the course of your lifetime because you got a long time to go to retirement hope. like you're not <laughs> oh i know yeah i've got a while so um this question's always funny because i get the compliment or you know people thinking that it's like such a cool thing that i started so young and i knew what i wanted to do so early and it is and it's a great thing and it's a blessing but it's also unique in the fact that now i have a whole life ahead of me and i only i don't know how long this will be what i'm doing um and so you know most people will try to stay into whatever they're doing until retirement but that's just not possible for me so now I have a whole life ahead of me of like okay well what comes next like what's after this um and for me I don't see myself as a photographer which might surprise some people um but I don't think that this is what I will be doing for forever I obviously love being an entrepreneur I love working for myself and I think I will continue to do that in some other way that maybe not even might not even be like a creative industry um so like I've always wanted to own a boutique or work in the fashion industry in some way that's always been something that's really intriguing to me um I love speaking and teaching so that might be something that I end up doing in the future I have quite a few like 
possibilities in my head I guess um, but I definitely don't see myself as a photographer forever which surprises some people but I always yeah. say that a lot of people get into business because they love photography and so their business is their outlet for their love for photography because they're an artist and they're so passionate about photography but I am passionate about business and I got into photography as an outlet for business because I was mm. good at photography but I loved business and I loved marketing and I loved working for myself and so I feel like I'm kind of the outcast sometimes like when I go to workshops and everybody's talking about the actual photography part and like being passionate about art and being passionate about you know just the art side in general I don't relate to that because that's not what I'm passionate about I'm passionate about what everybody else struggles with because they didn't get into business for business they got into business for photography so it's kind of unique I guess yeah that's super that's really interesting I bet you a lot of people are surprised uh yeah. to hear that but mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the most important things that anybody who wants to be a life time entrepreneur can have is the ability to pivot and to stay up with trends and because if you get if you get stuck in your ways and you get stuck in your rut i mean you're you know it's you're never gonna be able to make it totally. and that's you've already you've already shown that you you've pivoted from doing only seniors into weddings and now you know you're kind of moving more into weddings more heavily into weddings you're also moving into the education realm you know at a very young age you've already <laughs> having to start to pivot which i think actually yeah. is probably going to be good for you in the long run hope what are your dreams about being a mom how do you do you want to oh. be like the mom entrepreneur do you want to be what are your like uh, this is uh, this i'm very interested in this what are your like <laughs> thoughts on that life oh my in gosh. your future. Okay, this is so funny because I was talking about this yesterday with somebody because all of my friends that are my age and older, I have friends, you know, up until their late 20s, early 30s, they're all like total baby fever, like can't wait to be a mom. Like they just love babies. Babies terrify me. <laughs> um, I So in my household, it's always been a joke. My mom is like the most domestic, like amazing stay-at-home wife and mom and, you know, just cook and just so amazing. And she cooks homemade meals every night and that is just the opposite of me. And so, we always joke that I'm like the non-domestic one and whoever I end up marrying is going to have to be like the one that helps cook and clean and do all the domestic things because that's just not who I've ever been and so currently at the moment I have zero interest in that life that's fine yeah but I know that I want to be a mom I know that I eventually want to be a mom but I know that that's not something that I'm as I don't want to say excited but not something that I'm like rushing into like some of my friends are just so ready to like get married and have kids and I'm like well like let me go to Greece first (laughs) like I'd rather just kind of wait and live my life a little longer yeah no I think that that's I think that that's great and I think that's it is cool to see in our industry a lot of our friends who are great businesswomen who are become moms who are able to still crush it yes as moms and businesswomen and like maintain all that sort of stuff and i think it's so cool that that so that whole like stigma of like you have to like once you have kids you just have to like that's all you can do yeah, and totally. you know life is over i think it's yeah. so cool that that's no longer really a thing and yeah. that and i know that someday whenever you become a mom hope not rushing you into it <laughs> that you're gonna i feel like that would totally be you like yes yeah and i think that kj is kind of my spirit animal in this realm because she always called her business her baby before evie and i definitely feel like my business is kind of my baby but i also know that i will never be the typical stay-at-home mom that just doesn't work like my mom was because i she raised me the way that i am because she was able to stay home and raise me that way but i know that i want to always have something that i'm passionate about and something that i'm pursuing outside of just being a mom um so i know that it'll always be be a balancing act um but my parents got married really young they had me really young and I love how close my parents and I are because of mm-hmm. the ages um so I know that I want to have kids relatively early but you know not yet <laughs> yeah do you think that having a lot of older friends um how do you feel like that has impacted you and shaped you because I feel like yeah. for me I feel like I was kind of the same way when I was in college a lot of older friends and it made me want to like not grow up faster but 
but I feel like I had sometimes had a hard time appreciating like where I was like being in college because like all I wanted to do was be done with college and yes. like move on or whatever. Do you feel like your older, older, like I'm old compared you to you, are Hope, not. compared to you, like your older friends, do they help you to stay grounded? Do they help you to be ambitious? Like kind of where do you feel like having yeah. older friends has been beneficial or Yeah, so it's funny because life? all through high school, I was always way more mature than everybody and it made it hard to find close friendships in high school because everybody wanted to just go party and drink on the weekends and I was never into that. I never did that. And so I was always the more mature one kind of to a fault. Like I just never wanted to be a part of that type of stuff. Um, so as I transitioned into the industry, it just felt natural that all my friends were older than me because I felt like that's kind of like I was just, you know, a 28 year old stuck in the 19 year old's body or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, But now I feel like because then I started to only be like I was like 21 going on 30. And my mom was like, hope you have to like live in your 20s a little bit, too. Like you have to also be 20 and like let yourself go be 20 and like hang out with your friends and, you know, go on fun trips and like go out drinking and just be 20. And I was like, OK, you know what? You're right. So I feel like now I'm finally in a place where I'm not trying to just rush through my 20s to get to, you know, being old. Older, um, but I'm actually there's balance of me really appreciating those people in my life and letting them inspire me and ground me and um, really just kind of lead me and I have so many amazing role models in my life because of the people that I get to surround myself with but then I also have my friends that are in college and I get to go hang out with them and you know go to football games and go to parties and spend New Year's with them and also be a normal 21 year old yeah. which I feel like I passed over for a very long time right which I think is super important yes. and yeah and it's I think you're right having that balancing act between looking up to your friends who are older and also learning from their mistakes right there's yes. like huge value in that but at the same time you know you need to be able to be a 21 year old person you know yes. and i think one of my favorite things is watching josh and erica's vlogs whenever <laughs> yes. you are in them because oh, gosh. i mean i feel like i know hope pretty well and we've traveled together and we've you know we've yeah. feel like we've done a lot of stuff together over the years gosh it makes which is like crazy because you're so young but <laughs> like all the stuff we've done together but then you know watching these vlogs are Erica and Josh are, are other friends in the industry who are also very young yeah. relatively who are friends with Hope from high school Yeah, and they had a vlogging channel for a little bit and Hope was in some of the episodes and she was just being regular Hope and you're like oh there it is like sometimes I forget even like yes. yeah she's just a 21 year old who's just very wise <laughs> and very intentional with her with her social media but I think that's good because you don't yeah. have to put that on the internet and I think no. that's one thing that you've learned is that like you don't have to put the party or the whatever like you can still go do those things and have fun but you don't have to like boast about it totally. or you know you don't have to have it on the internet as evidence for people to th know that's like what you're doing yeah well and it's really funny because in my family we have this running joke that there's htp and then there's hope taylor it's like hannah montana and miley cyrus mm -hmm. so like there's the professional version of me um and then there's like just the normal 21 version of me and yes. like i don't have the best filter because like my like we all cuss like sailors in my house and like we listen to you know normal music like i can rap little wayne and eminem and no one knows that yes. <laughs> like I, i'm just like a typical you know 21 year old in that way um, but you just never know that about me. So it's always fun to surprise people. Like at the United Conference, I almost went up and rapped without me. And I think I would have scared everyone oh in the gosh. room. They would have been like, who uh, is this girl? That, so, yeah. Oh, I'm really tempted to put you on the spot and make you do it right now, but I'm not going to. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think that that's something that your generation is probably better at than maybe my generation. Because for a long time, we were like, this Instagram thing is brand new. I'm just going to post whatever I want. Like not even thinking about like the implications of it. But I yeah, think you guys have grown up kind of seeing the curated lifestyle and this like personal brand, which has been become such a big thing. But I think that that's great. And I think that everybody honestly is like that, whether or not that they 
understand that or not. And I tell, I say the same thing with Caitlin. I'll say like, okay, I need a like five minutes with Caitlin James, and yeah. then I, but then I don't want to talk to her anymore. I want to like talk to Caitlin also because yeah. otherwise it's hard because you can get stuck in this like totally. always in one mode or always in the other. It needs to be a good balance. It's always like being turned on, I guess, is what I say. Like being turned on in the business mode. Right. And so like I will be like out to dinner and somebody will like recognize me because we just live in a small town and I'll go from like having a typical you know conversation with my friend to like oh hi nice to meet you my right. voice like raises six octaves and then the person will walk away my friend will be like well, is hope back yet like right. that was hdp where's hope and it's just really funny i also can't believe i just said i cuss like a sailor hashtag, <laughs> hashtag real life it's hashtag fine. real life i love it this is exclusive ties <laughs> tech line exclusive hope taylor cusses like a sailor you heard oh it here my first gosh. um but what i think is really interesting hope is that how we're I think that people can sometimes think that it's very disingenuous to be that way, to have these two different faces. But I don't, I don't know. Like, do you think that that's true? Because I feel like that's kind of always been that way. It Now it's social media. Before it was like through your PR person or whatever interviews, you know, people are able to see more of who you really are. And not only just in you, but, you know, in celebrities and like all across, like social media has kind of opened that up for us. But at the same time, I'm sure people would say like, oh, that's not very, you're, you're not being real. You're being fake. Do you ever feel like you're being fake? And how do you sort of combat that? Like, do you sort of have these like internal struggles with that identity almost yeah no totally so um it kind of lines aligns with what i was saying earlier about being in high school and like wishing i was older i kind of lost myself a little bit in the middle because i started only being htp and wanting to be professional all the time and um i started to dress like much older than i was and like i just very much lost myself in the middle a little bit i would say like between 17 and 18 maybe even a little bit into my 19th year I felt like I was just a little bit lost in HTP and I was like okay but who's Hope Taylor like if my business exploded tomorrow like what what who's Hope Taylor and I was just living as HTP all the time and um so it was definitely just kind of a strange transition of like becoming two different not two different identities but like realizing that Hope Taylor and HTP don't have to be the same thing and they shouldn't be because if I if my identity was in my business that's a problem there's something wrong with that so I don't think that it's fake I think that it is professionalism I think that it's intentional curation I think that it's knowing that I want to attract a certain type of bride and that bride wouldn't be attracted to me if I was rapping Lil Wayne and Eminem all the time um but I also know that they fall in love with the HTP version of me and then they get really excited when they get to know the Hope Taylor version mm-hmm. of me because the professionalism is what gets them to trust me and invest the amount of money that I charge in me but then they trust me they know that I'm professional they have faith in my ability they know that I am a businesswoman and that I'm wise for my age and all of those things but then when we're you know riding from location to location and Little Wayne comes on my phone they're like oh my gosh this is so funny whereas if that was the first thing they knew about me it would completely change their opinion of my professionalism and they might not be willing to invest $5,000 into their wedding package Um, so I think that it's intentional from a business standpoint. And I also think that it still aligns with the heart of who I am. I love people. I love investing in others. I love all of the things that HTP loves. We're the same person. I'm just a curated, more professional version of myself on social media to gain the trust of my clients. And so they can, I can prove my professionalism because they don't know me well enough to know that I can be those things at both at one time until I show them. And so I have to prove my professionalism and then they can get to know me personally once they've once I've earned their trust because it's not given, it's earned. That's so amazing. I think that's such, such good advice. And I think that that is honestly one of the most valuable skills and like the ability to navigate that line between professionalism and personal and being able to navigate that is one of the most valuable things I think that anybody can do in entrepreneurship and really just in life. And I think that's 
as society moves into more of this like social media world and just the world that we're living in, I think that that is honestly one of the most valuable things that you can learn how to do. So thank hope this has been such an amazing conversation. I think people are going to honestly learn so much from this as far as balancing this and you've been doing it for such a long time and you've been doing it so well. So uh, for people out there who want to follow you along, who want to find you on Instagram on the uh, curated Instagram. Uh, how can they find you? Yeah. So, um, at hope Taylor photography is my Instagram and then hope Taylor blog. If anybody wants more educational type stuff, um, they can find freebies there, like all of my free educational content and things like that on my blog. Perfect. So that's all we have today. Hope. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to be here. I've loved chatting with you. All right, there we go, guys. That was my conversation with Hope. I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation and hopefully you got a lot out of it. I think that Hope does a really, really great job of balancing her personal life with her professional life. And honestly, I think that that is a skill that is super, super valuable in the world we live in today. So big thanks to Hope. If you guys are out there and you are a senior photographer in any way, shape, or form, I really highly suggest you go follow Hope on all her social media and check out her blog because like we mentioned, we just finished filming a posing course for her for any senior photographers out there and there is a ton of great information in there and you're definitely going to want to check that out when that comes out so go follow her on social media go follow her blog to be notified whenever that stuff comes out as always thank you guys so much for listening if you enjoy this episode i'd love to hear some feedback so go over to twitter or instagram uh, you can find me at tyler harrington i'd love to hear from you about what you thought about this episode uh, any future episodes that you might want to hear and just your overall thoughts on the podcast that would be super super appreciated thank you guys so much for listening this has been ty's tech line and we'll talk to you later.